Abiding Hope Church's podcast of our weekly sermons. For more information about our church, please visit abidinghope.org. Today's reading is from the Gospel of John, chapter 16. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the deep. While a wind from God, a breath from God, the Spirit of God, blew across the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. Those are the very first verses of the Bible. Genesis chapter one. This is how the whole thing begins. And if you're listening listening carefully, you can hear the Holy Trinity in those first five verses of Genesis. Certainly God, who is Father, we get that name Father from Jesus. He referred to God as Father. When he taught us to pray the Lord's Prayer, he taught us to say our Father. Notice we don't say my Father. We say our Father because God is the the source of all of life, not just my life. And so Jesus used that term Father because he wanted us to understand that God isn't this separate deity far away that we have an intimate relationship with God. God is a part of us. We are a part of God. We dwell within God. In fact, there are times when Jesus prayed, Abba, that's an Aramaic word that means daddy. It's interesting that most languages in the world, they have these very simple two-syllable words, often words that that are the first words that a a child might utter, dada, mama, papa. Oma, Mima, Mimi, right? All of these, these just very simple words that, that a child will utter, a child uh, who's, who's about a year old will utter these terms. Well, Jesus gave us the Aramaic word, Abba, in reference to God to, to make the point that we are to be in intimate relationship with God in the same way that a child is in relationship with a loving parent or grandparent. And if I think if Jesus were here today, he would tell us it's okay to refer to God as mama, mother. The gender doesn't matter. It doesn't, a small child isn't thinking about the gender of their parent. All they know is this is the one who loves me. This is the one who feeds me. This is the one who, who, who cares for me. This is the one I trust. And that's the point that, that's trying to get across when we refer to God as father. Well, Did you hear the sun reference in those first five verses of Genesis? 
You might have missed that one. That, that one's a little tougher because the light is the offspring of God. And again, we use the word son, father, son, Holy Spirit, not because it, it, we're focusing on the masculine nature of that term. We're focusing on the relational point of being a son, being an offspring, being a child, being one who has come from another and, and, and who trusts in that other, right? And that's the relationship that, that, that Jesus taught us to have with God. But it's important that we understand that that light on day one of the creation, that being the sun, it was the idea in the mind of God for the whole of, of the creation. We aren't the only, humans aren't the only offspring of God. These plants, these trees, this, this universe, the rocks, the, the water, the the fish that are swimming in this water, the animals, all of this is God's offspring. All of this was in the mind of God on day one of the creation when God dreamt all things into being, when God envisioned life, right? And certainly the spirit is clear in those first five verses from Genesis as the spirit, the breath of God, the wind of God blew across the face of the waters. The Holy Spirit is that creative force of God. St. Augustine explained the Trinity by saying, it's lover, which is God. It is beloved, which is the light or the creation of the sun. And the love is the spirit that binds the two together. And so the Holy Spirit is this energy, this force, this, this love that proceeds from the Father that binds us together with God, that binds us together with one another. Now, the reason I'm talking about the Trinity is because this weekend is Holy Trinity weekend. This weekend comes uh, the week after Pentecost of every year as we start our, our summer ordinary season, it's called, uh, we get Holy Trinity weekend. And it's a weekend where we remember what the Trinity is about. But what I'd like to challenge us to be thinking about this weekend is that we are an extension of the Holy Trinity in this world. Remember that, that after Jesus was raised from the dead, he breathed, he breathed that Holy Spirit into his disciples. He said, receive the Holy Spirit as the Father sent me, so now I send you. We who are recipients of the Holy Spirit in our baptisms, we are now an extension of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We are now sent into the world just as Jesus, who was the enfleshment of God's dream, God's vision, the enfleshment of that light from day one. And Jesus was sent to draw all things back to God. So now we're sent into the world. In our text today, Jesus uh, is, is talking to his disciples right before he's crucified. And he tells them that the spirit of truth is coming. The spirit of truth will draw them into the ways of truth. Well, what is that truth that he's talking about? The truth is, is, is understanding and being aware of, living with this, this constant awareness that we are children of God, that we are God's offspring. Living with this constant awareness that, that God is our Abba, our Papa, our Mama, our Mimi, our Nana, who loves us, who cares for us who sustains us, who promises never to leave or abandon us. And so when we, when we live in this truth, now we're called to go into the world and draw others into this truth. 
Our job is to let people know who they are. Very few people know that they're children of God. It, 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 it's astounding to me. We, we think that we are the sum of our behaviors. I'm going to evaluate myself and I'm going to evaluate others on how they behave and I'm going to rank them based on their behaviors, right? We do that to each other. We do that to ourselves. We think our identity comes from our wealth, from our success, our, from our accomplishments. We think our identity comes from our, our family tree, from our lineage, right? From our name. No. The spirit of truth reveals to us God's dream for who we are. And God's dream is that, is that we live as a family. We're not always going to get along. The Bible never says go and be perfect. Well, it sort of says be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. I get that. That's in Matthew. But I think that's a bad translation. Better translation is to be whole. Be whole as your father in heaven is whole. Where does our wholeness come from? Our wholeness comes from interconnection. When we try to live as individuals, we miss the mark. When we try to live only our own lives, focused only on ourselves, we miss the mark. And we create violence and division and anguish and pain and death and destruction in this world. And so we're called to, not to perfection, not to to doing everything perfect. It's not about doing everything right. My goodness, I don't even know what that means. And it's impossible to be human without making mistakes. But imagine we all strive for wholeness. We strive to be interconnected. You get to be you and I get to be me, but we're called to love each other, to help each other, to walk alongside one another, to challenge each other, to stretch each other, to help each other to live fully into our created identities as children of God. And what does it look like to live as children of God? Jesus said, they will know you by your fruit, right? By your fruit. When we live a whole true life, living out of our true identities, then the fruit that we should be able to see is love, peace, compassion, mercy. You see, when we talk about the Holy Trinity, what we're talking about is God's action in our world. We're not trying to define God over there somewhere. We're talking about what it is that God is trying to accomplish in the world. We call that the mission of God. And the 100% goal is oneness. It's unity. It's bringing all things back together. It's breaking down the barriers and the divides. You know, in Matthew's gospel, Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Gates don't attack. Gates hold things in. And what we have going on in our world today is a lot of gates of hell, right? We've got gates of hell in Haiti, where people aren't, aren't free to go to school. They don't have access to, to, to medications. Uh, uh, people die from, from curable diseases every single day. Gates of hell. We have gates of hell going on in, our, in, in America today with racial injustice. Our African-American brothers and sisters are saying, hey, it's not a fair system. I know the laws look like they're fair, but they don't. They're not actualized that way. We are suffering injustice, gates of hell. You see, Jesus, when he welcomed the woman at the well, he was breaking down the gates of hell. 
by including her. She was a Samaritan. He wasn't supposed to speak to her, let alone take water from her. When Jesus healed the blind man by putting mud on his eyes, he was attacking the gates of hell that were holding this young man back, holding him back from being who he was created to be. When Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, he was attacking the gates of hell by saying that that suffering, that dying doesn't have the last word. When Jesus went to the cross and he was beaten and humiliated and spat upon and nails were driven through his flesh and people were, were, were mocking him and calling him names, he took all of that into himself and he turned it and he gave back love, he gave back forgiveness, he gave back compassion. He was attacking the gates of hell. And by raising Jesus from the dead on the third day, God revealed to us that the gates of hell will not prevail, will not prevail against the church. That who we're called to be today, we're called to be the children of God, we're created to be. We're called to recognize that our wholeness comes from interconnection, oneness with all things. And we as the church are called to attack the gates of hell. We've got to get out there into the streets, into the homes, into the neighborhoods, into the communities, into into the workplaces, into the schools. Young people who are contemplating suicide, we've got to attack those gates of hell and let them know that their lives matter, that they are loved. Families that are in crisis, husbands and wives who have turned on one another, whose marriages are falling apart, we've got to attack those gates of hell with love and with mercy and with compassion. Minority groups, African-American community, it doesn't matter, Latino community that, that feels oppressed and held back. We as the church are called to attack those gates of hell so that all people have an opportunity for whole and complete life. There's so many gates of hell in our world today. So many. They will know us by our fruit. Are our lives producing more peace, more oneness, more connection? Or have we fallen victim to the world's lures, the world saying, come and do it our way. And we choose to enslave ourselves. We choose to live behind those gates of hell. We choose, to, to, we choose prosperity and we choose success. And we choose ourself over God's dream or vision from day one. We live in paradise. This is paradise. Are you kidding me? This is paradise. The universe is paradise. God has given us everything we need to live full, complete, whole lives. The problem comes in when we think it's only about us, when we think it's about ourselves. If we can open our eyes and be aware of our Abba, our Papa, our Mama, our Mima, who's here with us, all the time, who's created us, who sustains us, who fills us with the spirit and sends us in the world. If we can live with an awareness that each other, we're all brothers and sisters, we're all related. The same things that are in this plant are in me. Same molecules and and chemicals and elements and, and, and this rock. I mean, this is, we're related to this. The same things that are in here are in me, all interrelated. If we can live with such an awareness, can we create peace? Can we create justice? Can we we create wholeness within this broken world? That's God's dream. Can it be our dream? 
Can we recognize that our lives are meant to be poured out in the same way that Jesus poured his life out? Can we see ourselves as a part of the Holy Trinity, an extension of God's own self sent into the world to give up ourselves so that all people can experience real life? Can we live with such awareness? Let's give it a shot. <laughs> Let's try and see what happens. May we be so filled with the Holy Spirit that we be vessels of God's mission of life for ourselves and for all people so that love and life win now and forever in Jesus' name. God loves each of you, and I do too. Amen. Amen.